0: Is there a right way and a wrong way to retire?
1: This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions.
0: Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Brad Barrett about how to secure the right path to your
2: retirement. Brad, welcome to the show. Oh, appreciate having me on, Jeremy. Thank you.
0: Well, tell us, Brad, what is the right path to secure retirement?
2: Oh, you know, every path's different. I'll tell you that. I think in 19 years of doing this, you find that, like you, like I'm sure you have in your practice, it's. Um, I think the biggest thing we as advisors do, and one reason I wrote the book around it was, is you know, kind of the connotation of that. Not every path, the right path, and not your neighbor's path, may not be your path. And so, I think having counsel and having that advisor be with you to kind of help you guide that along, steward it for you, and 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 with you is is key to the success of whatever your finances, you know, successful journey looks like. So it's kind of one of the reasons why I wrote the book and uh, one of the reasons why we host our show and when we talk heavily with our clients here at One Capital. Yeah, it's kind of like the right path is the one that's
0: the right one for you. Yep. Uh, I give a lot of talks to some trade industry groups, especially uh, lately, the, the CPA seemed to, to like me. I think as I talk about math and uh, probabilities, the CPA seem to, seem to like that. Uh, but I was going through with them that even if you... Have gone through and well, I guess what I'm gonna I'll start over with that. Where really, if somebody gives you advice, they probably haven't actually done the math on whether their advice is right or not. And even if they did, they probably haven't done the math for you. So I think right. part of that of what's the right way or wrong way to go about planning for retirement. The wrong way is just relying on hearsay or you know just kind of uh, maxims or just I read an article and says this is a good way to go. The right way is doing the math that applies to your situation. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, you wrote, wrote your book in a way that is easy to understand, but I can tell there's a lot of math and almost science. If there's such a thing of science uh, behind retirement planning, you can tell that it's behind it.
2: Well, there is. And I mean, I think you and I both can, we were joking at pre-production, right? You can, we can talk for hours about this and all the planning we get to do for clients, but you're right. It's funny, You know, math and numbers is a unique thing, right? Cause it, it really, math doesn't lie, but at the same time, it can tell a false truth especially if you're leaning on your neighbor's plan or, or maybe even a colleague, like within a certain, I have this a lot with clients where I'm able to be blessed to work with certain clients. And I have a lot of them within that same group of work. Right. And so they think that with what goes with one goes with the other, and it's just not true. And I almost have to remind them that outside of these walls, within the confines of your office space or your work or occupation space, you have your own life to live with your own goals, your own objectives, your own family dynamics and structures. And believe it or not, all of those non-quantitative data points we just like i just went through or, or we'll call them qualitative points are 50 percent of the battle and i think most people only focus on the quantitative or the numbers only and um i think when you put them together for you specifically for you you end up helping yourself understand kind of what your goals really are with your money because it might actually be different than what you thought it was, uh, because your friends had some plan built or or you've been talking to your neighbor at a barbecue, you know what I mean, and they got a product or they have a, a solution or a strategy or something like that, and you're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. A good advisor, I think, will sit down, go through a discovery process with them, and make sure that that's right for them. To your point, right? It may be right for somebody else, but it may not be right for you. So. Securing the right path for your retirement is really uh, an individualism aspect uh, for you and the family dynamic and the goals. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned how you've got a
0: lot of clients that are in a similar professional, so they they kind of feel like, well, whatever happened for my buddy is going to be happening for me, right. uh, and that's just absolutely not true at all. We we have a lot of clients through a company close by to us in Wisconsin called We Energies, and mm-hmm. so it's a utility company that has corporate plans and union plans when I read through the summary plan description, which is an important thing, I would hope that your advisor is reading through the summary plan description, which is kind of the the rules for your pension and your 401k. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading through that, it mentions 13 different uh, ways that things uh, were basically um, almost calculated and promised out between the different unions and and when did you start and what's your predecessor company. So you might've worked next to somebody for 20 years. And I've seen this, you basically work next to somebody for 20 years yeah and they're in your same department and you think, well, whatever worked for uh, Sally is going to work for me. That's not the case. You got to really look into it and see how it it works for you.
2: Yeah. I have the same experience. One of my larger clients is in the Los Angeles area here, the, the actually the, the LA city fire and police department. So I work a lot with first responders and that's a, that's a passion of mine. I've loved it for over 15 years specifically working with them. But even in that same t- group, they have different tiers to what you just alluded to, right? So for me, understanding their 457B plan, which is the deferred compensation, that not the non-qual deferred compound, but the qualified deferred, <laughs> which is already I I gotta educate them on that. Cause they'll do, they'll do some Google research and figure out that most deferred compounds are non-qualified. I'm like, whoa, wrong plan, right? Right. But they'll think of a guy that they were in the drill tower with, for example, or something like that and and getting on the job, but they have different careers beforehand, or they're in different what they call tiers. And you can elect to be in the different tier structures. And so there's just a lot uh, of moving parts to it. And um, I I, I will say this, the, the good and bad of that is, is they'll initially think that what worked for Sally would work for me concept. Then when you were able to bend their ear a little bit and just show them, then it kind of spreads like wildfire, pun intended here on my group, you know, but it's like, you know, you're able to kind of see a little bit of like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, John and I is is totally different because he had more time on the drill tower or he bought his drill tower time back or so on and so forth, or he's on the hazmat team. You know, I have a USAR bonus or all these different things that come out around that affects their pension, affects their contribution rates for deferred comp plan potentially. And so even a person who got on the same day and retired the same day in that, in these examples we're making, right? even if they were the exact same numbers, the plan is still different because of those non quantifiable data points, right? Because outside of those walls, they may have a spouse, they may not, they may have multiple kids, they may have one kid or no kid, right? So there's a still these qualifying factors, I think, that come into building an overall holistic uh, wealth management plan or, or, or wealth forecast for a client, um, you know, that really is individual,
0: yeah. Well, I appreciate the the nerding out here about uh, especially uh, yeah. pension calculations. Uh, be, before we do that, and I, I don't think we need to bore everyone uh, too much on that. Uh, sure. You yeah. know that we we look into it, but just tell us more about yourself and how you got into especially uh, yeah. working with clients that have pensions
2: especially. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a unique case. I, I've shared this a bunch and it's right or wrong. I'm not sure which I'll let you guys decide, but I've never flipped a burger in my life. I um, God touched my heart when I was 16 years old. I think all of us in our behavioral financial DNA, whether we know it or not. I try to walk it through with my clients, but there's really like two forms, right? There's like the God-given DNA, like no different than the color of your eyes. Then there's the, you know, the the circumstantial, the stuff we live through. And for me, when I was 16, my dad worked for a telecommunications company for over 20 years as a salesman. It was did, went through different iterations and was public at that time. And he was a company man. You know, he. Uh, made good money, but most of his value or his net worth was being built up in the acquisitions and 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 the stocks as they were growing. And uh, when I was 16 years old, I had two younger sisters at the time, uh, just about to get my first car that I'd saved up for. And his company went bankrupt, it, like almost overnight. Three days later, we were you know selling cars, moving things around. I mean, it was even at 16, my dad sh- shielded it from us, but I could tell. You know, I was the oldest, I could just kind of see what was going on and. I'll be frank, looking back, I thought I knew the world, but I didn't. I kind of walked into a bank locally and was kind of mad and just honestly, I blacked out. I just asked them for a job and I got a job as a teller at Washington Mutual, God rest its soul, <laughs> <laughs> and um, just started from there. I basically started my practice when I was 18 in college and undergrad, get my economics degree and worked for a broker dealer for about six years and then had to pull myself out of that and came and joined the group over here at One Capital about 13, 14 years ago. And uh, it's been a great, great ride. And the entire time, we've kept the the main thing, the main thing, as they say, which is clients. And um, you know, I'm happy to say, when I came here, there was like six or seven of us. Uh, we had about 560 million or so under management, and we're now at just under 100 people in multiple offices, and just over 5.3 billion dollars. And it's a prideful aspect of us because it's not necessarily the number of the assets. It's more the clients and the households across the nation that we get to serve. And so it's been a blessing and that's a very uh, fast down and dirty background on, on Brad Barrett and his financial advisory journey.
0: (laughs) There you go. Well, you, you, you mentioned basically how the, the money aspect early, just realizing Mm -hmm. how much money can affect the non-money parts of life. Yeah. uh, Even maybe education or, Access, right? You're talking about getting a job at a, a bank. Just education about different parts of how money works is is huge, which is probably why you're so educational with your books and in your podcast. And I, you had a great educational piece, kind of a just a description of how the market moves. You talk about the color of money. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell tell me more about that and and how you can apply the color of money to, um, I guess, how you go about retirement planning.
2: Yeah, and usually when I speak about the color of money, it's kind of funny. I don't mean the green aspect of it. I it was a It was a color coding environment that I learned early on with my clients as I was trying to, I'm always sitting in the seat, and like you, Jeremy, I'm sure, where we're trying to make sure that we meet the client where they're at, right? Because I think a lot of advisors can come in and and try to talk at them or above them about this, that, and the other. And the reality is we have to sit kneecap to kneecap and truly understand their background in, in a discovery meeting to figure out where they're coming from in their context of money. And the color of money for me was just born out of that. I mean, it was color coding in terms of like the growth, the preservation, the liquidity. You know, I, I labeled it you know red for growth. You know, and, and the way we kind of built that was simply a- allowing in our plans kind of a color coding of saying, okay, this is set aside for growth, this is set aside for preservation of capital or fixed income orientation or, or items that will ultimately provide a stream of income, and then all, obviously the income stream itself. And so that's essentially you know one way, one item that I wrote in our my book around you know, yeah, the color of money and, and how to use it. I mean, there's other ways to use that that philosophy as well. There's the bucket theory, the bucket planning, right? You have three buckets, one short-term, one's midterm, one's long-term. And you can, with the client, define the the, the time period within each of those buckets. So it's just a great way to meet the client where they're at in their initial start of their journey of cash flow planning, and then ultimately bridging the gap between a, a well-designed wealth forecast, which encompasses your cash flow, and then into your you know the, the real question is, you know, how are you building the engine that's going to drive this vehicle? right? Because that's the portfolio structure. And for you and I, as we know, we want to diversify not just within the asset classes, but also within the assets that we're investing in for the range of, of returns and sequence of returns we're trying to get and the risk management we're trying to do for clients. Because that's really what we are, right? We're risk managers. And I think it's important that our clients see it that way, especially as they get towards retirement.
0: Yeah, when the and the the three you put in particular is that growth is red, li- liquidity kind of availability is yellow, protection which is kind of more on the guarantee side is is blue. Uh, I love that kind of picture drawing. I'm pretty sure those are the primary colors. I could be wrong. I'm not the. the
2: they artist, are. I have, but- I have an eight and a six year old. So a couple two years ago when I was writing, I was kind of thinking as I was teaching my son Brooks, you know, the primary colors, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going with that. That's a good call.
0: Okay, all right. So red, yellow, and blue, and of course they mix together too. I had a, another advisor share with me that he tells people when it comes to investments you can get you can get growth you can get liquidity you can get protection you can only get two out of those three in one account right so that's kind of the way he explains it of if you are you know there's nothing that's going to do all three uh, if if someone's telling you that here I've got this perfect plan that does all three well they're 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 pulling one over on you uh, and perhaps that's why you talk about the planning where you kind of put it together in a tapestry of you you probably shouldn't have all in one color. Um, pretty much be a, a boring picture there for you. And, but put putting or you together want to be able the right to, color of it for you as a way to go.
2: Yeah, and you want to be able to, at the right stages, as I call like the seasons of life or the ages and stages that you're in right now, you want to be able to color code them appropriately or I guess weight them or allocate them in, in mm-hmm. the right order. You know, I mean, we know this is a rule of thumb. I'm just going to throw it out there. But like, you might weight my red color of growth more in the portfolio when you're younger and then kind of lean more towards the blue having liquidity the yellow along the way but lean more towards the blue as you get older and that's a fine notion i i don't debunk that that you know but it's also kind of putting it in context to where you're at right now is a great example when you can go get risk free rate almost at over 5% right now for the time being and so you have these interesting updates if you will to investment management out there and i agree with that person i think you know I I have a lot of times seen products in particular sold like they're the end-all be-all, like they're going to solve the world's problems when it comes to finances. And obviously being a, a, a seasoned veteran, in my opinion, I'm like, yeah, I, I'll challenge that a little bit. And I think it's just important to understand that this world can be subjective. And our job is to make sure it's objective for the clients.
0: It's Jeremy Kyle here. And I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out. You'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening and now for the rest of the show. Yeah. You put, uh, you said some, about kind of putting things in the right order. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking through the order of how you put your book together. And I think it was on purpose. One, one part I liked, especially is that you put this, uh, chapter called retirement income. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you get your social security, your pension, things like that. You put that first before you start talking about retirement assets, like 401k and IRA. I'm just guessing that's intentional. Uh, cause I'm, I'm sure it's like this for you when, when someone walks into my office they're usually saying, how much money do I need to retire? Yep. And a lot as if like, do I need a million or 2 million or what's the right number? And really we're trying to flip it around to them saying, well, how much income do you need to retire? Uh, because it's it's interesting. You you live your daily life with your income. Every two weeks you get a paycheck, you live your daily mm-hmm. life and your income, but somehow you think that this big pot of money is what you need for retirement. So I'm, I'm guessing, tell me if I'm wrong, is the idea no, of you're spot focusing on. on your income first. Okay. Tell, tell us about that.
2: Well, you no, know, you nailed it. I mean, as an advisor, especially as you see it year over year for nearly two decades, you realize that the number one question people are trying to understand is how much do they need to retire? And that question really isn't around a fixed amount. It's actually around a periodic payment every month because your income, when you figure out what your need, and I always kind of categorize it like this. And I talked about a little bit with needs and wants, Right. And it's really simple on a budget, and I I don't really particularly like the term budgets when you talk about cash flow, because I think budgets can be a motivational thing, but it, it's not really something that'll last. So it's really looking more for like the, the phases of your cash flow, right? And what you're looking for over time patterns, if you will. So as you realize, like, hey, I got five thousand dollars a month coming in on Social Security and pensions, and I got eight thousand dollars a month going out, and how I want to live my life based on everything I provided. Well, we know there's a $3,000 difference that has to come from somewhere because you're not working anymore. We multiply that times 12, you get $36,000. Then we start the conversation of, okay, there's your income, which is why I led with that chapter first. If you know your income, then you can very easily, you and I can do this in 10 seconds of back into, right? How much answer their the question that they think they want to know, which is true, but they want to know it in a different way, which is what's your income first, and then we'll get to what the asset base needs to be. And that Largely has to do with historical distribution rates, withdrawal rates that are studied empirically every year. As you and I both know, there's different numbers out there, but somewhere between four and 5% is a good withdrawal rate to have as your retirement. So if you take that $36,000 a year example I just made and you, you kind of roll that back up as a numerator to denominator scenario that we all learned in third, fourth grade, you know, all of a sudden you get to around a million dollars. So it's not that we chose a million dollars out of nowhere. It came from their income. Right. They had five coming in. They needed eight. They had three, you know, a difference of three. Get that on annual number thirty six thousand. And, you know, there you go. And so it helps them see that income needs to start first because that's the real generator behind the wealth. Some of my clients, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, realize that they actually are making enough in retirement to actually live how they want to live. So the question more becomes around not how much they need to sustain their life. It's more what they want to enjoy more of their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important aspect. And I think for anyone out there, you know, one of the things that we share as financial advisors a lot is, you know, we can only help you if you come to the table, but a lot of people don't want to come to the table for various reasons. One, they don't want to look at it. Um, they don't trust advisors. They they think they're going to sell them something. I think it's really important that they know that we're not, we're trying to actually solve a problem. The end of the day, we're problem solvers around the concept of money. And I think a lot of times we have this notion, whether it's from marketing or how you were raised, that money needs to be looked at as in terms of like a lump sum dollar amount. And the reality is it's what the money can do for you, which is where your income comes in. And that's where you then get into the diversifying your assets relative to my, my color of money analogy. And then ultimately, you know, what it's going to be paying you and then understanding the sustainability of that. And it can help answer and solve a lot of questions that many people have when it comes to retirement. Yeah, you just mentioned what can money
0: do for you. And I think it's almost like that that doing word. I'm going to turn that into uh, like doing involves like action and taking control. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times the thought is, well, I can control what's going on with my assets. I can control with my my stocks and bonds and interest rates. I think yeah. that's completely bogus. You can't control what's going on with stocks and yeah. bonds and interest rates. But you can control your spending. Yep. Uh, and even a lot of times you can control your income. If if you hit retirement, you just retired a day. You're never going to work a day the rest of your life. You have a lot of control over how much comes in from your Social Security. Because you can yep. choose how to take your Social Security. Uh, and there's tons of options
2: too.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have very little control of your assets now. Because you, yeah. you can't put more money in. You're only there to take the money out. So uh, the encouragement, I think that's why you put the retirement income in there first is is focus on the things you can control. Like you said, keep the main thing, the main thing, yeah. and the income and your spending, those are the main things. Those are the things you can control. And then the assets are there just to fill in the difference, right? You, you exactly. hope you have the assets. You can't fill in the difference if you don't, but they're just there to fill in the difference between that that income and spending.
1: Uh, but it also,
2: it also gives, if you don't have the assets to that point, right? It's not to deter you and say, "Oh, oh my gosh, you're you're not going to make it." No, no, no. It's actually the opposite. It's the idea is to incentivize you for the actual goal you're striving for. I, I mean, we we know this as advisors, but there are so many people walking around. I call them I call them the mummies. They're walking around, kind of like mummified, just kind of going through their day of, oh, "I think I'm doing right," you know, "I'm I'm 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 doing a diet maybe, and that's doing one thing for a couple of weeks, and I'm going on a budget for like a couple of weeks, but nothing's like everlasting for them, right?" And, and I think it's important to kind of, sn- for us to help them snap out of it, which is one of the reasons why we do our shows is to kind of just get out in the community, get out in the world and be like, hey, snap out of this. You got to like really look at this and just be like, hey, if you're in the camp that doesn't have the assets, it gives you a goal. We can help you with the number to get to that goal. So you are secured. And then it also ends the other, in the other group. Hey, you do have the assets. You can retire sooner than you thought. Like both are good outcomes, right? And I think the, and the first camp in particular, the earlier you do it, obviously the better it is. And that doesn't mean to say that someone listening or watching who's 65 years old, you know, who, who, who has a shortfall of income, but doesn't have the assets that we can't get them there. It just needs to have a conversation to figure out what that number is and how far off are we. And I'll, I'll end with my little rant there on this is I always tell clients to your point, Jeremy, like, like money is a great employee, but a terrible boss. And I think when we start framing what money can do for us in that light, yeah, if you realize that you're being controlled every day by money, you're not really free, right? This whole movement of financial freedom, financial literacy over the past five or 10 years, which is great, I think, but making sure it's it's done right. You know, if you're working for it instead of it working for you, you might not be in as control as you think. And the one, th- one certain thing we know in life is there'll be uncertainty. So we want to make sure we have some stuff put aside. And we also want to make sure we know where we're going. My one analogy I always say is, when's the last time you got in a car and drove around aimlessly? Like, think about it. It's crazy, right? But we're always going somewhere. We're going to pick up our kids, grocery store, office, work, wherever, right? That's how you should look at your money. You should have the destination in mind. And if you don't, seek counsel and make sure you find that because that's what's going to help you actually succeed in it.
0: Yeah. You talk about seeking counsel. I'm going to ask you there, how, how would you go about finding a good financial advisor?
2: That's a you know, we, you and I could talk about that for hours, I'm sure. You know, I um I always break it down to three. I, I think three are key components you should look at. And these are not in any order, but um one is experience. I think finding the person who has a you know, a background in this, who has a passion for it, um who has some experience in it, I think matters. I think in this camp, you also want to make sure you find maybe a specialist rather than a generalist you know, in your specific field, like for example, your clients at that company near you, they know, you know, their SPD really well, their summary plan description very well, right? So they they feel there's experience with you in that same thing with me with my clients in the city of Los Angeles. So there's experiences, number one, um, again, not in any order, but number two is credentials, you know, you want to find someone who's actually investing in themselves, CFP, CFAs, um, you know, th- those are important uh, designations. I do say here, be careful of alphabet soup, you find the guy with like 50 letters behind their names, and I'm no shade to them. That's great. I just sometimes they become a little more, you know, in the books than in the world, and I think that's important. Just make sure it works for you. It could. That's great. Um, and then thirdly, I I believe in independence. I, I just think it's a natural way to share with the client that you're sitting with them. And I don't I don't believe that individuals at inde- independent broker dealers or at wirehouses can't act this way. I just think there's an easy way to go about finding an independent who doesn't have a a boss or anything like that. So independence, fiduciary credentials are great ways to seek that. Um, In terms of actual operations, you know, I always say you should interview a few and ask those questions, you know, find some local ones, cfp.org, the the certified financial planning. They actually have a locator on there for those that are CFP, but I'm sure there's other ones out there as well. And so those are some resources people can look to find them and then also kind of help to uh, qualify them, if you will.
0: Yeah, when you're interviewing a few, ask all the questions. There's there's plenty of places you can find. Uh, here's a list mm-hmm. of questions uh, that you should ask a potential financial advisor. Usually, what happens for me, tell me if it works for you this way for you, Brad. But someone will come into our office, they'll pull out a list of questions. They say, I've got a list of questions to ask you. I'm interviewing a few people. The first question they ask is, Are you a fiduciary? Mm-hmm. And we say, Yes. And they say, Okay, thanks. And then they fold up their list of questions and kind of put it back in the pocket. They hold on a second. <laughs> Like you took the time to get 10 questions yeah. and virtually everyone's going to tell you yes to a fiduciary uh, whether they should or not. They're virtually everyone's going to tell you that. Yeah, that, that's like a just, separate story. <laughs> yeah, just but ask yeah. your questions. So so don't just uh stop with that one question. That's a little pet peeve of mine that uh you you might have taken the time you, you're interviewing some people and uh you, you feel maybe embarrassed. I don't want to ask you much of these questions. Hey, you're paying them. You're about to pay them a, a lot of money. Uh go ahead ask the questions. Make sure it's the right person and and go beyond that uh, quick yes or no of are you a fiduciary?
2: Yeah, that's a, the biggest thing is absolutely don't don't be shy to ask them questions because the good ones, I think you and I, I I love them. In fact, like you said, yeah, if I had that, you know, I, I haven't had that. But if I did and they folded it back, I would absolutely say, look, I would love to answer the other nine because there's obviously you spent the time looking at it. And I think it's important because you are seeing others. I, it's important to make sure you kind of, you know, again qualify how each are answering them and and you know what that means. I mean the word fiduciary is an interesting one, right? Because it's a total buzzword now. Right. But I've been doing this for so long, so have you. It's kind of like it's funny when that came around, it's like we've been doing that since the get-go. Why is this, why is this all of a sudden a thing, you know? Right. Um, but there's a lot of bad apples out there who aren't. And so now we have to kind of create these 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 terms and these best interests of client contracts, which is all good for the client. So I'm all for it. Um, but I think you're right, virtually everyone will answer that even though whether they should or they should not. And I think it's also good to look at. You can ask them for things like their ADV, their backgrounds. These are all things we have to provide to them, anyways. We should be providing to them, and um, it'll tell you a lot about a person.
0: Right on. Good. Well, yeah. uh, one piece you put in your book is about Social Security, and you've probably done dozens of episodes about Social Security on your podcast. I've as well too. So I'm just going to ask you if there is one thing you could tell someone about their Social Security decision, what would it be?
2: So. I always answer this question. It's not going to be very down in the dirty weeds. So if you do check out your podcast, check out mine, but the, but it's going to start here. And, and that has to do with that is anything around social security. It's, it's so wise to seek. I know it's going to be like a total vanilla answer, but seek counsel first. Like that's my biggest advice because there are so many different options. Some options have been removed. Um, there are varying different degrees of how you can use it based on your specific situation I've even had recently a couple very unique situations that have come through recently with divorced individuals who happen to be six or eight years um uh younger than their their spouse who happens to be taking it they can qualify for certain things they didn't know they could there's like there's just so without even going into the deep deep depths of it right is find that person that you can talk to about something as important as social security because it's important to make sure you do it right because once you do it you can't redo it so that's, that's probably my, uh, my lead advice there.
0: Yeah. When, when we talk to people, we we tell them we're not going to be your therapist, but we have to ask you about your past relationships yep. because there's a lot of things that pop up. You already mentioned the, uh, you know, yeah. divorce situations. There's so many things that pop up that you might not have been aware of. And unless we're asking you the question, how do you know about it? How do we know about it? And She
2: it? was elated because she was very open with in, in the discovery meetings. She was a referral from a client. She was 54. He was 63. And I'm like, Hey. You know, and she had no idea. And in this specific situation, uh, it wasn't it wasn't very amicable, let's put it that way. So right. she was left with not a whole lot going on. And so she walked out almost, she was in tears. I mean, she and, and it was it and literally like- was no more than us just walking her through her option that she had no idea she had. So again, mm-hmm. my best advice is and I'm not saying it's gonna happen for everybody, but like you want to make sure you know what you're able to to receive and and what you're you qualify for and, and how that works within your again. Cause remember. Social security is a big part of your income, which is a lead yeah. part of my book and a lead part of our, how we talk about retirement planning. You know, that's a, a, almost the the spearhead, if you will, uh, into, you know, lifetime income and how that works for your overall plan.
0: Yeah. And another piece of social security, I think is that when you approach it, you should really think of what is it you're trying to solve for. And my encouragement is to solve mm-hmm. for trying to make the most money of your lifetime, not the most money over the next month. That, that's yeah. That's the way that social security ought to be. Approach,
2: yeah, and it's hard too, right? Because everyone looks at that seventy, you know, and they think, "Oh, if I just wait." And I'm like, you know, I always, and this is right or wrong, but I always tell people, like, you know, if we can have the conversation with the Holy Above, I could have a financial plan dialed in so well that you'll have your last twenty dollars for your last in and out double double. That's a big thing here on the on the West Coast, right? (laughs) It'll be so fine tuned. And even into things like social security, like if, if we know how long you're going to live after 70, as, as an example, then we can run the mathematical analysis based on that. But one of the best gifts he gave us was obviously that it, that we we have free will and we don't know. <laughs> so it, it it's challenging, obviously from a planning standpoint, when you, when you have some assumptions you have to make to your point, but I think it's really important that you walk through those assumptions and help, you know, quantify those for yourself with a trusted individual who has experience in that. Absolutely. And yeah, it's uh. Sometimes we are the financial therapist for them kind of walking through because past relationships come up as the circumstantial evidence for how they look at money in different ways. You know, I talk with clients all the time about that.
0: Hmm. Well, I've got one more question for you, Brad. Before that, tell us what's the best
2: way to get a hold of you? You know, probably our website is probably the best. Um, Our firm, One Capital Management, our website's onecapital.com. I think another way, a great way is our YouTube channel. Uh, we have weekly shows. We talk about all these kind of topics. Uh, it's actually called Make Your Money Matter with Brad Barrett. So you can find that on YouTube. And again, as you know, old school, you can always give us a call. You know, um, our number here is 805-409-8150. We have offices mostly in the West Coast, but Kansas and Toronto. So we're all over the great states as well as up in Canada, our brethren up north. So yeah. I like it. Well, and of course, say uh,
0: we've been talking about your book i am gonna put some links to your book uh, on in the show notes so if you like the ideas that brad's talking about you can definitely check those out uh, at the same time we love giving away books so the first three people that email me podcast at kylefp.com, we'll give you out a we'll send out to you a free copy of, of brad's book so make make sure it's quick get on your email there pull over if you're driving right and um yep. we'll get a book out to you Awesome. Well, thanks, Brad, for coming on out. Our final question is: Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean.
2: Uh most people don't know this, but um, having two younger sisters and being raised by my mom mostly, um, I will say this: I am very into theater. I went and saw Les Mis uh, the other day with my sister, and we absolutely loved it. My sisters, both my sisters and my dad, actually were in uh, children's theater groups, and so kind of one of those uh, sports nuts who people don't realize actually has a heart for theater. So that's something most people don't know.
0: Well, that's great. We well, appreciate you sharing that. And of course, coming on the show and teaching yeah. us all how to, how to retire right. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Brad. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions.
1: This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed Podcast click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a Doing Business As name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network, LLC, or Registered Investment Advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network, LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.